I love the fact I'm known as this guy. I eat it up. I'm not gonna lie. I f***ing eat it up. I do. Because it's like, I'll go to Gen Con. I'll go to conventions. And people are like, oh, it's the Dungeon Master Therapy guy. I'm like, it's me. You wanted a photograph? You want a signature? And they're like, yeah. However, I'm the Dungeon Master Therapy guy. So it's like expected. There's days where I'm just like, I don't want to make a Dungeon Master Therapy video today because I've made seven in the past four days. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Geek Peak. Today, I'm talking with Brandon the DM. Brandon is an amazing person. I had so much fun talking to him. He's also a huge nerd and uh, we have a lot in common uh, and we had a fantastic chat about how he became who he is today. So without further ado, enjoy the interview. Brandon the DM, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I have been such a fan of yours uh, since the pandemic i discovered you but uh doing homework for this uh conversation i realized that you created content a long time before the pandemic um so i want to take you back to even before that i usually uh want to know what life was like before you started creating content so can you share a little bit about Ooh. Uh, who you were before Brandon the DM. Yeah. Oh, I could do like an entire genogram on like my life story and history right now. Um, uh, before I was, I guess, Brandon the DM, I guess I was still kind of, I don't know. I, I, that's a weird question because like, I guess Brandon the DM was created when I was like eight or nine uh, on a technical basis. Cause that's, that's when I started DMing. Uh, I was like eight, nine years old when I got into D and D and stuff. Uh, so I've been in it like into the game and the hobby and like tabletop role playing games for that long. So over 20 years, which is insane to think about. So more than half my life. Um, however, I wasn't always doing like content and everything. I never went by brand of the DM until the past couple of years. So um, I don't know. I was a big high school, I guess, like a uh, football guy. I was big into football when I was in school, played all through middle school and high school, uh, super into sports and everything. Um, but I was always also that like really nerdy kid that played all the sports. So instead of going to the, the parties Friday after our games, I'd go play like magic, the gathering, <laughs> like our friend's basement instead after a game and stuff. Uh, so that was like kind of like me, my personality and stuff when I was in school. Um, came from a very, very weird uh, situation growing up with my parents and everything and not exactly the most stable or uh, healthy environment, I guess you could put it that way. Um, uh, so like things like D and D and tabletop gaming was like my escape from all that, which is why I think I latched onto it so hard. Um, and yeah, uh, I went to school for, uh, sorry, college for psychology and I do, uh, uh, behavioral, um, therapy or, oh my God, therapeutic behavioral support, uh, for a day job. Um, basically I run Dungeons and Dragons groups for kids and I work in a school helping with, the, you know, school kids and, uh, school staff and everything. That's what I've been doing for, almost a decade now actually which is kind of wild to think about um oh my god like it's hard it's hard to go back and think of like things i did that weren't content related or D, &D related because i'm doing it for so long um wow oh fun fact i used to play in a band um Ooh. you know i did a i did the music thing for a while too that was fun um when i was in college yeah when i started college i needed like a side hobby um, that was like, I don't know, I've always liked performing and like doing things in front of an audience and, uh, uh, those sorts of nature of things. So I actually joined a couple bands when I was in college and a little after college. So I did the whole like local music, rock band, pop punk thing. So that was, that was a blast too. I've done a lot of stuff. Um, but like D and D at the end of it has always been kind of like something I've latched onto ever since I was a little kid. Um, and the main reason that was, was because when I was about eight or nine, my parents went through a really, really bad divorce. And to get me out of the house, my uh, friend of mine, his name was Jake. Uh, this is back in like elementary school. His dad played D&D &D and they, they invited me over to the house to play with them. Uh, and I fell in love with it immediately. And then we got three sessions in, three sessions in, uh, and then we moved. So I got to play three times and then we moved because of the divorce and everything. Uh, and I was very sad. Uh, my grandma bought me the D&D &D core books for, I think, third edition or 3.5. I think it was 3.5, actually. Um and when I was like nine years old, I just started writing stories and just coming up with concepts for campaigns and 
all this stuff and didn't have anybody at all to even play with. Like I just uh, had all these books and all the material and nobody to play with up until like middle school. So when I finally hit like middle school at a different school and started making friends, you know, we were like hanging out. I'm like, yo, I want to play D&D. They're just like, what's that? And I'm like, I'm going to show you. Don't you worry. (laughs) I got plenty of material. Um, And I became like my friend group's DM all through middle school, high school and college. Um, So like I was Brandon. I was that was the DM, you know, for for that long for everything and everybody. Um, going through middle school, uh, you know, I was pretty well simplistic kid. I tried to keep myself out of the house the most I could with uh, everything that was going on, whether it was working odd jobs for friends, like working on a farm or you know playing football or working out. Those were the big ones. Obviously, playing things like D and D and Magic and doing video games on the side with friends, just staying out of the uh, staying out of the house. Um, high school, same thing, kept it straight and narrow, was working, uh, playing football, playing D and D doing magic college, same thing. But then I threw music into the mix too, because again, my, um, uh, environment wasn't exactly the healthiest. So I was doing everything I possibly could to keep myself just away from everything that was going on. Uh, so that's why I latched onto music because I was constantly just never home, which was what I needed. Um, Eventually, I met my wife in 2016. Technically, 2016 is when we started. No, 2017 is when we started dating. And we've been together since then. We've been married for like five years now. Um, and now I'm here. Started making content, I want to say, in 2015, 2014, 2015, I think, is when I started making content. Kind of like delving into it and trying. And it wasn't in probably until like 2019, 2020 when things started to start click. So... Yeah. Wow. That's a kind long of a lot. History. It's like, it's a, yeah, it's like a mixed bag of things. That's why I was like really try. I kind of went off for a second there because I'm just like, how do I not put D and D or like content into this? But I'm just like, oh my god, I've been playing since I was eight years old. It's hard not to. <laughs> I, oh. I wrote I wrote a few things uh, that I want to dive into uh, yeah. as you were speaking. Uh, but before we do that, I do actually want to ask you, because you played D&D so long, yeah. uh, what's one of your favorite stories that you told uh, with your friends? Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember when I, I think it was college. Yeah. Um, we had a campaign going on in college. And it was a blast. And I remember that, I don't know, it was like all my high school friends and we like had stuck together like all through like high school and everything. We even played in college and everything. Um, And I don't remember all the campaign details to uh, like, you know, full detail. But I do remember like just like key moments and core memories from that campaign of like ridiculous things that would happen. So it's really hard to like think of like one thing from that campaign that's like this stuck out to me. But I mean, there was things like, I don't know. Uh, the party ended up accidentally working for a brothel just so they could get information about the mayor. And it was such a weird, like, thing that happened because they were just like, oh, yeah, we walk into this bar. They weren't paying attention to what it was. They just walked into the building. I gave them the name of the building. I'm like, it's called this. And they're just like, sure, we'll go in. And I'm like, when you guys walk in, you see that there are a bunch of people, men and women, that are dressed very seductively, that are walking around asking if you would like a drink or anything. They're just like, this is normal. And like five minutes in, they quickly learn like, oh, this is a like a like a brothel slash like, you know, kind of like strip club type scenario going on here. Um, They ended up working for it and then owning it and managing it just to get information about the town's mayor because he had committed some sort of like really really petty crime like nothing even where i forget what it was it was like he forgot to fulfill a promise to a family because he was so busy with something which caused the family to be like i don't know behind financially it was there as a very petty crime it was like a level three quest where it was just like something super simple but they went through such a ludicrous like a uh, ludicrous method of finding out the information they needed and it took like four sessions instead of just like 30 minutes like it should have because they went through this entire arc of, oh, yeah, let's go to this strip club slash brothel. Let's get some drinks. Let's work here so we can get information. Oh, let's own it. <laughs> and I'm like, cool. Own like, it. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. I forget how it happened, but they became the owners. They got the deed to the place. Uh, eventually, they got the information. And then they quit. And the place had no management. Uh, they, they just left. They just didn't come back. 
and then continued on with the quest. It was so stupid. So like stuff like that really sticks with me because it's just like what even <laughs> this didn't go how it was supposed to go. Um, so that that was a fun one. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, I I have like uh, I relate to what they did like owning the place because one of the things I love doing in uh, video games is like becoming. Uh, this is going to sound like uh, uh, petty, but uh, I like to uh, kind of manage properties. Like, yeah. uh, uh, for example, uh, uh, Anno 1800 is one of my favorite games. Like you, it's a city builder. Mm-hmm. Um, and also in other games, uh, like, for example, Pathfinder Kingmaker or, mm. uh, or, or another Pathfinder game, uh, Wrath of the Righteous, uh, they they let you manage a crusade or they let you manage a kingdom. Uh, so those are very cool things that you can do. And uh, I I relate to what they did because they kind of forced you to uh, uh, like uh, be their uh, m- like manager in, in in terms of like okay this needs to be get done in the property yeah in the- <laughs> there was like an entire arc of like cool you need to schedule your employees for what days are doing this oh you guys are out of uh booze you need to figure out where they usually get their booze from which from which distillery on the neighboring uh village and that's where they get it from you gotta have somebody go there and uh manage all that it was an entire like three session arc of them just like managing like what was the equivalent of like a fantasy strip club <laughs> just for for the sake of it, just so they could get information about the mayor who committed a very petty crime for like a starter campaign mission. <laughs> yeah, did they at weird. least get? Yeah. Did, did they at least get passive income from that? Oh yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, they were they were set. Yeah, they, like remember, it was only for like three days. Like they became like this all happened in the sp- in, like in game maybe like four or five days is like when this happened. Um, basically, they convinced the owner that was owning the tavern that like, hey. You're old. You can retire. We'll take it over. And uh, he was just like, oh, okay, that's fine. Sure, I'll take my <laughs> my retirement and I'll go. Here, you guys want to own the place? And they were like, sure. And I'm just like, I didn't expect them to say yes. So uh, that's what happened. But as soon as they, you know, they cashed out a little bit after a few days of, like, owning it, they got the information they needed and they just left and never looked back. <laughs> So wow, dumb. that's amazing. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, Okay, so you mentioned uh, in one of your uh, uh, previous points uh, that you were in a band. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't, like, watching your videos, I do see, like, we, I, me as a viewer, I feel that you have a good taste in music because of all the background music that you put in your videos. Mm-hmm. They, like, flow right into the action like they they feel like they match uh but can you explain like can you share a bit about how uh like how was it to be in a band uh what kind of experience uh do you think it's uh taught you going forward uh initially i joined a band and i'll be a hundred percent honest i was like 1920 like 20 1920 when i joined first band um i initially did it to like impress a girl (laughs) that was first of all that was why um and ended up going down a whole like line of just like you know years doing music all through college but it was interesting um because i didn't know anything about music actually i didn't know how to play guitar i didn't know how to play drums i didn't know how to sing uh, so I went out and I bought a guitar, bought a bass guitar. So I had an acoustic uh, guitar and I had a bass guitar. Taught myself how to play both. Tried out for a band two months later. I was absolutely horrible, but they liked my enthusiasm. And I was very uh, good at like the marketing end of things, like selling tickets and outreach and all that kind of stuff. So they were like, yeah, you kind of suck at bass and guitar because you just started playing. But you're really good at talking to people and like getting us shows. So um yeah, you could stay on. And then I did. And we became like really good friends for years. Uh, and I eventually did get better at playing, you know, both instruments because as I practiced, you know, it was got a lot better. And it wasn't like I needed to like be a professional or anything because we were playing like pop punk music or like, you know, typical punk music. And that's just what it was. Um, and it, it, it was fun. Were you a guitarist? Uh, like, uh, did, I, did you I play played, guitar? Yeah, I played bass in one band. I played guitar in another band. 
Okay, so you mentioned uh, another fun thing before uh, that what you do for a day job is DMing for uh, kids. Yeah. Um, so is that something like uh, that you can expand on? It sounds super interesting and I end Yeah, so I do um, <laughs> basically, so I went to school. I'll, I'll start from the beginning actually. I went to college for psychology. Um, not knowing that that was probably not the best idea in my book because there's not a lot you can do with a psych degree <laughs> anymore, which is kind of rough. There's stuff you can do, but it's not as open as like other degrees of like what, if I would have went for like social work or something else, I can get like a licensure in. But I went anyways because I was like, I'm going to get a college degree and I'm going to do big things with my college degree because look at me. Um, yeah, well, um, I eventually did get a job out of college like immediately afterwards working for a mental health company. Uh Doing the same thing that I do now, which is essentially what is called therapeutic behavior support um, for kids. Uh, it's like a, a service that kind of coincides with therapy. So like there's a therapist and then there's like somebody like me that will do like therapeutic behavior interventions or like work on social skills and that kind of stuff. So my big thing with kids and like teenagers is definitely like the social skills uh, aspect and like peer interaction and uh, like group interaction, that kind of stuff. Uh, while they also work with an individual therapist on the side. Uh, so I started doing the D and D groups, maybe like a year or two into the field, um, doing, uh, stuff like that for different, like, you know, groups of kids. And then I took a break from it for a little bit because I was changing companies around because I was exploring the field and, and all that. Um, but recently over the past year, uh, the company I've been working at, I started a new program, uh, you know, because I, I went in and the position was pretty much like, Hey, this is what your job is. However, this end of things if you want to kind of like figure out something else you want to do, like a program you want to make, then you definitely can. And I'm like, cool. I want to do this. I want to do D and D for kids, like make a legitimate, like D and D program where I have like a caseload of kids that they come in on these days, blah, 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 blah. And they play D and D and these are the benefits. And this is why it's good for kids socially and uh, behaviorally and everything. So I wrote up an entire kind of like spreadsheet of like, these are the uh, types of interventions. This is how I'm going to run it to make it therapeutic. This is how I'm going to run it to make it, you know, uh, ethical, Etc. Um, and it be, ended up becoming one of our highest referred programs, uh, like in a while for like that that summer. Like people were like all over it and wanting to be aboard of it really bad, like really bad, um, to the point where I had to like not turn people away, but put them on a waiting list of like, hey, I'm overwhelmed right now. I can only do this three nights a week, and I'm not taking more than five or six kids because running D and D for any more than five kids, it's a lot <laughs> to do. So. I've been doing it for off and on for a couple of years, but it is something I was going to expand on initially, like uh, get my master's degree and, um, you know, continue to pursue to like do on a more professional level too, and kind of like make that my main focus of things, which that's still like in my pocket of things that I'd like to try to do. Uh, I was going to go for my master's degree starting in like January, but I'm pushing that off a little bit longer only because like life has been kind of chaotic for a while now. Um, you know, I mean, I, you, you know, I've told you like, yeah, I'm, I've got so much going on right now. <laughs> like I barely yeah. have time to breathe. Um, so like eventually down the road, I'd like to get my master's and, you know, hopefully expand upon it and, you know, kind of make them more, uh, not that it's not professional now, but also like get like my individual licensure behind it. And, um, you know, like do some books around like using T, uh, TTRBGs and stuff for kids and et cetera. So, that's how I kind of like to expand upon it. I'm not rushing to kind of do it. Initially, I was just like gung-ho, like, oh, yeah, I love this. Let me rush into this. But I have so much going on with life right now that it's better for me to kind of like take my time with it, continue to build everything, figure out how I want to do it, what exactly I want to do, and uh, continue to expand from there. So the question that must be asked is what kind of stories do you tell these children? Like uh – yeah, honestly, so the what what I do since it is supposed to be like a behavioral um, like intervention group for kids, um, I, I come up with goals for each of them, uh, like things they would like to accomplish, but like both inside the game and outside the game to kind of like collaborate with kind of like their therapist and everything. Uh, and I, each of the kids gives you like the goals and things that you feel like they need to work on. And then I'll work with like their therapist, say like, hey, you know, what would you like to see so and so improve on? And I take that and I implement it into their characters um, and Honestly, I really just tell like a various, you know, just standard high fantasy story, but I just put elements of like what their characters or them as a person need to kind of implement it into the story. Um, so sometimes the kids don't even know it's like therapeutic until like they sit back and realize like, oh, my God, it's that thing I'm afraid of. Or, oh, my God, I didn't think I had the confidence to do this thing. Um, 
because I make it like very subtle. Because if I were to sit here and like force them into like, you know, doing stuff like you're doing this for these reasons because you need to work on this, they're going to be less prone to feeling like they're having fun. Whereas like if I let it come naturally to them, then they realize like a, a month in like, oh my God, I'm such, I'm, a, I'm much more confident now. Like I have one of my groups that they've been doing it for about six months with me now. Um, they started like, hanging out outside of the group like a lot of them didn't know each other going into this and now like they they've got group chats together discord together they're hanging out they're doing all this stuff and like the entire goal of the program was that these kids can socialize make friends and learn to interact with each other and like it showed it got it hey it worked these kids are literally like they built connections and friendships with each other and now they're hanging out outside of this and when their group ends which is going to soon because it's a six-month program they want to keep playing together <laughs> like so i'm like this worked this did the thing it was supposed to do so that's amazing yeah that feels like uh, uh the same vibe of the never-ending story uh if you ever read the book uh <laughs> i have people are gonna hate me for this but i have not i've never okay. read the book i've <laughs> never seen the movie either I think I've seen only one of them. Uh, I I heard they're not like the best movies ever. So, okay, yeah. uh, we're fine. Uh, but the book, uh, it's like uh, the end uh, is like when when the kid comes back to, to our reality, he's like much more confident after he's been, he has been inside the world of the yeah. ending story. So mm-hmm. that feels like uh, so connected, like they experience with you this uh, alternate reality uh, and then it affects their life. It's amazing. I love that. Yeah. And that's really what I was going for with it. And like I said, the, this campaign I tell for them, it's, it's very much, you're, it's a standard high fantasy campaign because I am running three groups a week, you know, with different kids. Wow. So I can't do a lot of like intricate, like super detailed writing. I do keep it very basic of just like, oh, you're in a town. Oh, the police are corrupted. You got to go stop or not the police, the uh, the uh, the guards, uh, the guards are corrupted. You got to go stop them because they're getting paid by this bandit group and organization to keep them safe. Like just stuff like that. Um, like, oh, oopsie doopsies. There's a group of kobolds that are in the mountain that are hoarding a bunch of gold for the dragon god. You got to go stop them. Just very, very basic stuff, you know, very cliche, typical things you'd find in the high fantasy game. But because I can take individual things for each person and just like sprinkle it in, it makes them feel like it's like very unique to them. Um, and it's it's really created like a really healthy environment for these kids. So sounds like a lot of work to weave like individual things for each kid. <sighs> yeah, it is. It 100 percent is uh, <laughs> because. <laughs> You know, because it is supposed to be a a beneficial group to like their mental health and like social like you know um, interactions with peers. Uh, I have to have a little bit of it individualized, um, you know, for you know ethical reasons. So like, make it like, yes, they're here for a reason. Like this this person is here to work on this, and it's working for these reasons. So um, it does become a lot. It does become a little overwhelming, honestly, uh, at some days because I'm doing it three nights a week um, on top of doing my own campaign on Wednesdays and then anything else that I want to do. So it gets tiring. Um, I know that the groups are coming to an end uh, at the end of the month because it's like a six month program. And then I'm going to take a little bit of time to breathe and then bring some more kids back in for like another round and everything. Cause I need to, I got to sit back and breathe for a second. Cause it's been, it's been a lot on top of everything else I got going on with life right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. A, a good segue before, uh, you mentioned writing and yep. you also mentioned writing initially. And uh, I wanted to ask you what's, what has it been like to write campaigns, to write worlds? Uh, you do write uh, your own stuff. You don't mm. like use uh, 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 like pre-compiled books and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, and uh, what was it like to write your own stuff? Uh, and create your own war, your own worlds. I thought it was a blast. I've always loved creative writing and just like immersing myself in my own like world and coming up with my own like I don't know creatures and societies and organizations and landmarks and everything. Like I've always just had such a passion for that, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, and the one thing I wanted to do when I was a little kid, like eight, nine, ten years old, like writing these stories in like a little notepad, like a composition book from like middle school, was I wanted to write a book. I wanted to make a D&D or TTRPG book. Um, and that was like my main goal. 
And here I am now, and I did so much writing over the years that not only did we publish one book, but we published two uh, 5e books over the past couple of years. And writing those was one of the hardest things we've ever done and I've ever done because we I've like for the cantrip cast. So there's me, Brandon, the DM, and then there's like my company, the cantrip cast. And that is like the publishing streaming end of things. Whereas Brandon, the DM is like, that's me, you know, like that's my personality. And like, that's my TikTok and like individual stuff. And then there's the group stuff. Um, but the team that wrote like the cantrip cast books was out on a compiled of like three or four people with a few guest writers, but like as for like the main writing and the art, there was two main writers, me and my business partner. Uh, and then there was our artist and that was about it. And I did all the editing for the book, all like the, the communications for overseas for printing and uh, all that kind of stuff. I wrote half of it. Wow. Um, and it was a lot. And we did that twice. We did two books in a year and a half, uh, because we're crazy. Yeah. In a year and a half. Yeah. So what had happened was, um, <laughs> we did our first book and initially it was just going to be like a Kickstarter for like, cool. We just want to have a goal of like $5,000 and we'll just do a few print on demand copies for people that are like diehard fans of us that really want this just so we can say we wrote a book. That's it. Well, instead of getting $5,000, we got like 25 or close to $30,000. And I'm like, I guess people really want this book. So we ended up getting them uh, mass produced. So instead of getting just what we needed for the Kickstarter backers, we got enough so we could like sell it and take it to conventions too. And we're like, sweet, we have all these books. I want to go to Gen Con um, and I want to have a booth. But the team and I, we all talked and we're just like, if we're going to go to Gen Con, we can't just go with one book, can we? No, we got to go. With, we got to go with at least two, don't we? And I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, we do. We do got to go with two. So as the first book was like literally being shipped to us so we could fulfill it, we did the Kickstarter. For, it was a big shot in the dark. So we're just like, hey, we're doing the Kickstarter for the second book. I know you guys haven't gotten your first one yet, but I promise you it is coming very shortly. Um, and we ended up raising like $20,000 for that second book as well too. Um, and then the goal of that book though was however, like listen, this book for us to have it by the time that Gen Con comes and for us to have it in hand and set the Kickstarter backers is – we need to have this book finished before the Kickstarter is even over. So we started the Kickstarter and we wrote the book in like 45 days and had it done. As soon as we got the Kickstarter money, we sent it to print like that day. Um, and that I want to say that same week or like shortly after we got all the, the, the first books from our first uh, printing that we did for our first book, sent those to the Kickstarter backers. And then three months I got our second book from us. And then Gen Con was two weeks after Wow. It was a lot. I uh, told myself I'm never doing this again. Uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I'm not sure if I want to do another – if I'm not sure if I want to do like another book um, just because it, it is a lot of work, especially like when like you're your own publisher and you do self-publishing and you print in like masses like that to like take to conventions. It's a lot. Like it's it's very stressful because you're doing so much and it takes up so much time and it's so just mentally and physically draining. Um that's I don't know. We had a lot of fun doing the two. Uh, I doubled my goal. My goal was to write one. I ended up writing two. Um, if we do something in the future that's like a book or TTRPG related, then we do. If not, I'm content with just having the two books out and just keeping things basic with doing content and doing streams and uh, doing events and everything. So, Wow, that's a lot of work. It's amazing that you managed to uh, get two books published in under a year and a half. I published one on Amazon yeah. and it took me four months to write it. And then I yeah. sent it to an editor <laughs> because I'm not a native English speaker. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, it a was lot. a lot of sleepless nights, a lot. It was, I'm, I'm talking like, I don't even know. Like it just thinking back to it. Like we, we talk about all the time. We're just like, why did we do that? <laughs> why did we do this to ourselves? Cause the first book we took our time with writing. Like we did the Kickstarter. We had some of it written for like examples and like sample, like PDFs for people. And then we took like the remainder of that year to write that book, take the time with the art and like get it all compiled nice and neat. In December we sent it to print and we had it by like March, April, May, like I want to say May, I want to say of 2021 what year is it 2023 may of 2022 is when we had the uh them shipped out i think to the kickstarter backers um but then like i don't know what we were thinking we were just like let's go to gen con <laughs> like but let's go to gen con and get a booth and we're all just like well, we can't just go with one book we need two so it's like cool if we're gonna do this we need to do a kickstarter now and they're just like we all talked about it and we're like we don't 
we do we have the time to do this? I'm just like, I don't know, do we? We need to talk about it. Like, well, it took us seven months to write the first book. Now we have to do another one in 45 days. And I was like, Ian, to our, that's our artist. I'm like, listen, if you can pull this off with the artwork, I will pay you double like what you got, like, or close to whatever I can. Cause like he got the, rightfully so, our artist got the biggest, you know, paycheck out of all of us out of this because like we had one artist for both books and he busted his ass like getting this art done and it's fantastic. It fits our style. Um, you know, I barely took any kind of pay for the book on uh, because, I mean, it was for the Kickstarter. Uh, so I didn't touch any of the Kickstarter money. You know, it all went to production, publishing and everything. But I made sure my artist was taken care of because he did a fantastic job. And then for the for the second book, we got less funded because it was like such a short amount of time. And plus, the second book was a little more niche. So I understand like why not as many people wanted it. It was like an island setting versus like a book of quests. Um, he got, I paid him more for that second book than he, I did the first book because I knew what it was like. He needed to like get a rush job in and get this stuff done immediately. Um, and he killed it. He got it done in like 45 days and like, so did we, and we threw it together and we all agreed like, let's never do that again. <laughs> Ever, please. <laughs> oh. Let's never do that again. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Kudos to that artist. What's what's his name again? His name is Ian. Uh, however, on all of his uh, socials, he goes by Artful Thinking. Um, fantastic. Yeah, he, he's fantastic. Cool. Uh, I want to backtrack a little bit. Uh, we started talking about uh, the Cantrip cast. Uh, yeah. Also, we talked about um, like creating the books, Kickstarter, all that. Uh, like, like, let's take a few steps back. And uh, talk about that moment where after like playing D and D and and uh, like growing up with D and D, what's that moment that you decide like I want to make content? Oh, oh, it's such a hard question because like I've always had like a thing for making videos. Um, ever since I was in like high school, um, I remember in tenth grade our English teacher had us do a video project and it was based on like fantasy archetypes. So like having like a knight and a queen and like a villain and blah, 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 that kind of stuff. And it was like the most fun project that everybody had in high school because like we got to get together, make these goofy videos and tell the story. And like, that was, I guess one of the defining moments of just like, Oh my God, I want to make goofy, um, you know, like videos. I want to do this. I want to get into editing and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so when I was in college, just when I started delving into like video editing and stuff, um, just kind of like messing around, you know, screwing with it and all that kind of stuff and did some videos for like the bands and stuff I was working with and like my band and, uh, just, to you know, get our, our stuff up there. But I didn't have like all the time in the world to like really sit down and focus on like, this is how I make content. This is how I do this. Cause I was in college, you know, like it was, it was rough. Like I was working like 50 hours a week while I was in college and also going to school full time, also doing the band thing. Cause again, I was trying to keep myself out of my household. Um, and it was a lot. Uh, so I probably wished I could have started doing content sooner. I just never was really able to because I didn't have the means to, or the, really the time to. Um, so then when I graduated college and I was just working, uh, that's when I started getting more time to do things. So I want to say in 2015, 2016, I think I started like my first YouTube channel, which was like, uh, I forget what it, I don't know what it was called. I just remember I, I did it for like a month. I was making like a uh, terrain for like tabletop games that are like foam and cardboard and stuff. And uh, I didn't really have a good setup. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was bad. It was in like my mom's gross basement with like lamps that I use for like lighting and like yeah n- nothing. Yeah, I didn't I didn't have the best uh, way to set it up. So the videos looked like shit, and I was not good at talking to a camera because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so then you tried that, took a break from that. I, and I started working on just like my overall, like editing and production skills. Um, just like learning how to do editing, what it takes to make like a good video or like entertain people. And we started with a podcast in 2018. We started doing a podcast called we can trip a D and D podcast. And I did that with a group of friends of mine. Um, and we did that for a couple of years. Uh, but what killed that unfortunately was COVID, um, COVID mm. really, really stuck a, a dagger into that project. Cause we were recording in person. Uh, then COVID hit and we couldn't get together in person anymore just because the way like the, the restrictions and regulations and stuff were and everything going on. And also at the same time, two of the cast members on that show both had kids like right when COVID hit. So 
it made it so hard to even get on and record remotely. And when we did get on record remotely, it just wasn't the same anymore. Like the episodes and the show just wasn't the same. It just didn't have the same vibe and stuff. So, um, it kind of fight, it just kind of like faded away. We still talk to this day about like finishing it. Like, you know, the last couple episodes, just like going in and just doing like a, a couple episode arc and just to give people like that ending and everything. Um, but that was like the first time, like when I, I was doing like a project or like content where I was like really happy with the, the outcome, I guess is a way to put it. Uh, cause I was putting time in like the editing and like the clipping and all that kind of stuff and like really making it like sound good. And it wasn't like the best quality, uh, audio quality podcast because I was using like just the cheapest gear that I could find and afford at the time, just like on like Craigslist and Facebook marketplace. Uh, but eventually, you know, I got enough, uh, scrap metal together to have some sort of like, just like a little setup to record it. And it was fun. I had, I had a blast doing it. Um, we didn't get like a lot of listeners. We got a good handful, which was cool. Um, but through that, uh, I started the YouTube channel, like probably the, a few months into the podcast, I was like, I should probably start a YouTube channel to go inside with this in case we get like a following or anything. And people can watch like additional content from us. And that's kind of like where the cantrip cast came from. Cause the show is called we cantrip a D and D podcast. And then. Uh, I made the, the YouTube channel that was called the cantrip cast because it was like, yeah, it's the cast of the weekend. You know what I mean? Like kind of yeah. coinciding with that. Uh, but like I said, COVID kind of killed the show, which really, really sucked, but I didn't want to quit doing things. I wanted to keep trying to make content. Um, so that's when, uh, TikTok started happening. Um, there like a lot of people started joining TikTok, and next thing you know, I get on there, things start blowing up a little bit. We start streaming. We start getting stuff on YouTube. I do some stuff with players from the Cleveland Browns. I do charity events. I write books. And it just kind of took off from there. Uh, so it's been a wild ride that seems like it went from, like, really, really slow to all of a sudden just fucking took off. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, I noticed uh, I went to look at the first video that is currently public on the Cantripcast YouTube channel. And that's a video. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, where you explain uh, uh, to new, uh, uh, new D&D players, um, like, uh, like how to how to start the game like as a new player or something like that. That video um, is so old. That had that video has Cameron in it. Cameron was one of the players that was on uh the podcast initially. I love Cameron. I miss him so much, but he had he was one of the the, the two that ended up having a kid in the middle of the pandemic and stuff. He just he just had the time to do anything cuz like he lived like 30 minutes from me and like, you know, so for us to do anything, he had to like, you know, we had to get that that drive figured out and everything and like, you know, figure out the time and he just had the time. It, God, I miss that kid. I love Cameron. <laughs> God. Uh, so yeah, like, uh, watching that video, like I was like, okay, so if this is the first video on this channel, there's other content elsewhere. And then I looked at the uh, 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 at the description, and there was a link to your weekend trip podcast on iTunes. Yeah. Um, so so from there I went, and then like I've seen. Uh, uh, the weekend trip uh, podcast, forty episodes. That's impressive. Um, yeah, I think also, the first season was like forty yeah. episodes, and we were going into like more after that. And it was like we we got through an entire first arc of the campaign, which was nice. I'm happy that we at least got through that. But then it was the second arc was what got killed by COVID. So which was yeah sucked. Yeah. So there was one of one of the uh, like updates to the podcast was like mm. so listen. Uh, I have 18 episodes that are this quality of audio, but uh, the other uh, rest of the episodes are fucking good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, yeah. Cause at the time, like I started the podcast and like, I had just like scrap for gear and equipment, you know, I was just throwing shit together. But um, when I started the show uh, a few months in or whatever, a few weeks, however many months it was, that's when my my now wife and I we ended up like we yeah, got engaged um like when I like around when I first started the show and everything and you know she she was really supportive and she is a registered nurse and makes a lot more money than I do um, <laughs> I working in mental health don't make a lot of money which sucks uh, but I like the job um but she told me she's like hey we're gonna be married she's like I can help you get some stuff for the show if you want me to and I'm just like Oh my god, I love you. <laughs> Thank you. So we got a decent upgrade of everything, and it definitely helped out. So, 
Yeah, and I was that's amazing. More confident having, I was definitely more confident when we had like better sounding audio and everything too. It made a made a difference. Okay, so uh, in terms of like progression, uh, like the cantrip the cantrip cast as a company uh, is yeah. something that came. I'm assuming a little later after you started like your YouTube channel. Um, yeah. Is that true? Yeah. So we started the cantrip cast as just like the YouTube channel. And then it wasn't until we decided to start like, you know, publishing books that we turned it into like, like, you know, like, like a company, like a legitimate LLC company, uh, just because like, I don't know, it is a little more professional to have like published by the cantrip cast LLC versus yeah. just the cantrip cast that and like, you know, since we do make money off of stuff, you know, it just, it just made sense to have it like, you know, for me to make it like a legal entity versus just like, you know, like I'm just a dude, you know what I mean? So, yeah, didn't really change too much. It's just like, I, I guess that's the, the the benefits of making it like an LLC, you know, because like it's just it's very small. It's an LLC. Uh, so it didn't really change much at all. It's just nice to have like, oh, yes, like, hey, yeah, we're a legitimate business versus just like I'm just like a dude. Um, yeah, it didn't, it didn't change the way we operate anything's, you know, except for the fact of like, oh, yeah, I have a business bank account for the funds instead of a personal account, you know, to just just stuff like that. Uh, easier to keep track of my expenses and all that kind of stuff, too. So which is which is nice. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That tax money needs to come from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. God. People ask me all the time. They're like, you must make a lot of money online. I'm just like, no, I don't. <laughs> I wish I did. There's a reason I work full time still. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. So, in terms of like um, uh, uh, things, the themes that I see on your YouTube channel, and also like uh, on TikTok, I see a lot of humor, and yeah. I love that. Your uh, uh, DM therapy series is one of the my favorite things to watch ever. <laughs> okay we'll talk about that here in a minute we will trust me we will okay i'm ready for that one um but also like uh is humor a big part of like uh creating content for you is that like one of yeah. the pillars of content for it you? definitely is. yeah one of the pillars it definitely is i because i i enjoy laughing and i enjoy making people laugh and i want to make other people laugh because i know it you know Sometimes I going through a lot of shit that I did when I was a kid. And when I say I went through like I went through a lot of changes probably over the past five years of like being married with my wife that were probably for the better for me because I grew up in a very just toxic, shitty environment that wasn't good for me as a person. So I was kind of like a product of like my environment and my upbringing, which wasn't good. Um, but like during that time, like I was depressed, I was going through a lot of stuff and like you know, just everything going on, like just angry at the world, like didn't give a shit about anything. Sometimes things that would make me feel better were shows I would listen to or like podcasts. I listen to. The things that made me laugh and just immerse me for even just like a minute away from something just made me feel so much better. Just to give me that laugh, that chuckle that I needed. And that's what I wanted to do for people is because I know what a little bit of laughter can do for somebody just to dig them out of that, that, that hole at the end, even just for a minute means the world to somebody. And that's what I wanted to do. That's why I implement a lot of humor into things. And then like the past five years, getting away from what I got away from now, married to my wife and everything. Like, yeah, I have definitely been able to grow as a person and get away from my past, which has been fantastic and better for me, but also allow me to continue to make the people make people laugh because now that i'm just like a little healthier as a person i now can put more effort into like the comedic side of things and the entertainment side of things instead of just being like bitter and angry and etc um so yeah definitely having that that humor and that comedy is 100 percent like a staple of like our content however i will say on the flip side the one thing I am struggling with personally that I really want to do is I do want to tell a super serious story and campaign like or some sort of story like I, I, I really, really want to do something that's like, oh, no, this is like a serious role play thing because I haven't really had a chance to do that. We've done it a couple of times. Like we had a four part series called Gamma Rangers. It was a Power Rangers series, but like still that had some humor and stuff to it because it's just how we, we, we naturally just progress to humor in anything that we do, which is fine because people expect that of us and it's fun and they get to laugh and they get to enjoy it with us. But just like naturally, cause we've been doing humor for so long, all roads lead to funny, which is fine until some days I'm like, man, I want to show people that I can do things like super seriously and just be like terrifying and like a role play aspect. Like I want to come in as a villain 
and absolutely just terrify people instead of just like coming in and like making them laugh or making them chuckle. Like I want them to be like to feel the horror of like this villain I create versus just like, oh my god, it's, it's Gooba Goo the big guy. We gotta fight him. I'm just like, fear me, I am Gooba Goo. You're like, you know, it just. <laughs> I don't know. I love doing humor, but that's one side of like things I've just been like, man, like I want to work on a project where it's just like, no, hey, like guys, this is serious. Like I'm, I'm gonna be serious about this. So, but yeah, it, regardless, you know, even if I do something like more serious or like some sort of like mini show that is like dead set serious, humor is still gonna be a stable for us because if we're laughing, the audience is laughing. If the audience is laughing, we're laughing. We all have a good time. I think. Uh like to what you said about creating a serious campaign, uh, there is something about maybe expressing some of your uh, like uh, uh, experiences in life that weren't so positive uh, into a game as sort of like a, a different kind of vibe and not necessarily like, uh, uh, going into the funny area. Yeah. Like it's, it is sounds like something that would be, uh, very like satisfying to watch. Uh, so and that's what I, you... that's what I want to do is like, I really want to take something that's like unexpected. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like people wouldn't expect me to do or write or kind of, uh, go into and like kind of do that to show people like, Hey, like, listen, I can do funny, but I can also do like, like grimdark like let's like i can show you like like i've i got a i got a shitty history here like i've got some trauma that i could definitely like <laughs> hey let's sprinkle this on here and see what y'all think uh but yeah but i don't know yeah doing yeah. humor is fun it is but i also would like to show people you know, yes i can do serious too amazing yeah okay uh brandon these were almost all the questions i have for you yeah uh i have one final question Okay. Uh, before I get into it, uh, please tell everyone watching uh, where they can find you and where do you want to lead them after watching this, watching okay. or listening to this interview. Yeah, so you can find us at uh, me and us, my team. Uh, we can you find oh, blah, 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 blah. You can find <laughs> us at youtube.com slash the cantrip cast. That is where we do all of our streams and all of our events and like videos and etc. We do focus on tabletop role playing games and etc. But we do play video games and stuff all the time because we're still at the end of the day just a bunch of friends hanging out, having a good old time. Uh, like we, we streamed uh, Lethal Company last night for like four hours and it was hilarious. So whether you like TTRPGs or just like people making you laugh, you know, that's where you can find us at. Um, we do have a Twitch channel that is twitch.tv slash the cast. However, we don't use it much anymore because we kind of like integrated everything over to YouTube. But now that we can multi-stream now, I think, I don't know if the rules are ever changing on Twitch. We might try multi-streaming our stuff on the Twitch now too. Uh, so you can find us there. Just follow on there if you, uh, you, if that's your, your main platform in case we do more stuff on there soon. Uh, but you can find me, Brandon, at uh, TikTok at Brandon the DM, also known as the Dungeon Master Therapy Guy, which will forever be my bane and my curse. So <laughs> let me go on. A, can I go on a tangent about that real quick? Yes, I love, please. <laughs> I love the fact that it worked. I love the fact I'm known as this guy. I love that I eat it up. I'm not going to lie. I fucking eat it up. I do. Because it's like, I'll go to Gen Con. I'll go to conventions. And people are like, oh, it's the Dungeon Master Therapy guy. I'm like, it's me. You wanted a photograph? You want a signature? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yes. This is fucking awesome. This is what I wanted. However, <laughs> it's I'm the Dungeon Master Therapy guy. So it's like expected. There's days where I'm just like, I don't want to make a fucking Dungeon Master Therapy video today because I've made seven in the past four days. <laughs> so it's very much a love-hate thing. I love the skit. I love the series because like people ask me like, where'd you come up with the idea for the skit? I'm just like, I'm just honest. I'm like, like I don't know, fucking I'm going through TikTok and just like looking at like shit that's working for people. Um, obviously, like the back and forth skit format works for a lot of people. Like those are very, it's very typical skit format. And then like I saw people doing like skit therapy videos, which is like explaining stupid problems to therapists, and like a bunch of people were doing those. And I'm like, wait a minute, I work in mental health, and I like D and D. Therapy skits are a good idea. Talking back and forth. Uh, let's do something like that. You know, like a little D and D, like a oh. A, there's a DM therapist that's helping DMs get, go through shitty problems. And it just blew up. It blew up. It it took off. I'm like, oh, we got something here. Um, 
Yeah, it was a blast. It was. But there are some days, like, people will ask me, like, when are you posting your XDM therapy? And I was like, I don't feel like it right now. (laughs) 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 And then I post one the next day. I do. Because it's like, I like doing it. But it's like, there are days where I'm just like, I need, like, a week or two off of doing it. Like, I haven't done one in probably, like, two weeks. Because I'm just like, nah. Because, like, I beat that shit. Like, I beat that that dead horse completely and got a new horse out of the shed and beat it again. Like that skit series into the ground, just milking for everything possible. And it still works. People still like the series. People still ask me, which tells me that's awesome. They like the skit. They like the series. They like me. They like what I'm doing. They like the content, but there are days (laughs) where I'm just like, I don't want to do this skit right now. (laughs) I've done so many. (laughs) I have said this, the term welcome to dungeon master therapy. How can I help you today? hundreds upon hundreds of times more than what you see on video because you got to think sometimes like if i'm filming a video and i don't like the way i said welcome to dungeon master therapy today how can i help you i'm like oh i slurred that word oh i fucked up i gotta do it again and i do yeah, it again takes. i probably said i and, and including conventions when i go to conventions people will see me they'll recognize my voice and they'll see me they're like wait a minute are you and i'm like welcome to dungeon master therapy how can i help you <laughs> and they're just like it is you ah! So, yes, I have said the phrase welcome to Dungeon Master Therapy more times than I can even count, and it's both a gift and a curse at the same time. So, if you like Dungeon Master Therapy and you're watching or listening to this, thank you so much for the support. Also, I will post more, but Jesus Christ, (laughs) let me breathe. Oh, Okay, we're good. I love you all. Seriously, it's I, I, I thank every single person that has watched that series and that video skit series that has been like that has helped blow it up to make it is what it is. Because without it, honestly, I probably wouldn't be as known as I am right now. It was a big staple and me like really taking a big step ahead to be able to do some of the things that I'm doing, like working with like, uh you know, the players in the Browns, like Johnny Stanton, Miles Garrett and like uh, Wyatt Teller and doing that event in Cleveland. Um doing the books, getting enough people to recognize us to go to Gen Con, like all the stuff I've been able to do, a lot of it, I cannot say is not because of that series, because a lot of it is, and it's fantastic. There's just some days yeah. where I'm just like, oh, gotta breathe. It's fine, though. Like, I understand. Uh, but because of it, like, there's even more things that I have in the works here soon that I cannot talk about that I've been dropping, like, subtle hints towards uh, people with, but uh, that'll be revealed here soon. That's a good segue to my last question. Yeah. Um, the question I ask everyone I interview uh, is a little different. Okay. Uh, it's kind of a question that uh, like, takes you, uh, uh, how do I say this in English, uh, catches you unprepared. Okay. Um, like off guard. Gotcha. Yeah, off guard. Yeah. So the question is, What's in the future for you and the Cantrip Quest? Here's the problem with that. I know what's in the future, but I can't talk about it. Okay, that's cool. Uh, 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 at least like one thing that we have coming up. I know. That you, can also, one... you can also answer like in, in an aspirational way. You don't have to like yeah. reveal projects. I, I, have, I have two answers for you. Uh, one, the future for us is we're going to continue to tell stories. We're going to continue to play games. We're going to continue to have fun because at the end of the day, that's what this is all about. It, I started this not with the goal of becoming famous, making money, or being the next big like thing. I started this because I have a passion for it, and I told myself that if this ever becomes not fun, and if I hate it, uh, and if, it's, it, I'm, if I'm not enjoying it anymore, I will stop doing it because I'd rather make no money and not be miserable. You know what I mean? Um, you know, things like making money on the side. So like I can take my wife out to dinner or buy some video games or help buy new equipment is nice. It is. However, I have a full-time job for a reason and I will continue to do this as long as it is fun. And we all agreed if it stops being fun, we're going to, we're going to remember everything we did and it was all worth it. And we have no regrets. It was a blast, you know? Um, so we're going to continue to do what we do, tell stories like we always have, hang out, make friends, play games, and as for the other thing that I can't talk about, I will leave you with a subtle hint. Call me Thanos because I'm coming to collect them all. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. The trifecta, uh, you could say, I guess is probably a better. Maybe not all. I guess a trifecta. Call me Thanos. I'm coming for the trifecta. Yeah, that's the 
the infinity the, the, the i don't know I, I got the infinity gauntlet in my hand i got one gem in it now i'm going after the next one